Hello and welcome. This is the Ultra Working Podcast. I am Chris Natterer and I'm joined again today by Andy Banias. Andy, good to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me back. And I raised an, a question uh, a couple of days ago that I found interesting, which is what are the predictors of having a good day for myself? Like when I have a day that I consider to be a really, really good day, There is a question there of what constitutes a good day. For me, in this context that we're talking about here, that's a day that I just feel like I got the things accomplished that I wanted to get accomplished. I did all of the work at a very high degree. I did all of the things for myself that I you know, want to get done, just like in terms of you know, self-care, not only within work, but also outside of work. And just like had a day that I, you know, in the evening, go to bed, I feel very, very satisfied. What happens leading up to such a day and the day off to actually make that happen? And I talked with some people about that and, and got a bunch of different answers. And I thought it would be interesting for us to, to explore what those predictors are for you. And we're going to speculate because some of them are actually unclear. Um, and what those predictors are for, for me. Does that sound good? Yeah. Let's do it. So I think maybe we can start with like a macro conversation. Or maybe you give me, uh, yeah, like when you think about having had a good day or having had a, a neutral or bad day, what is your evaluation? Like what makes you say, hey, this was a great day? Or what makes you say, I don't know, this day, this day could have gone better? For me, whenever I think of a good day, it has to start well. Like I woke up on the right side of the bed, so to speak. And I basically was able to do a lot of the things I wanted to do in the morning. Like, I I think it was something my mom used to say, that it's not even 10 a.m. and there was already a bunch of things that I was able to accomplish. I think that sort of stuck in my head. So for me now, it's like I look at my watch and I make sure that a bunch of the things that I set out to do for that day, as much as possible, I've done it already before mm. 12 o'clock or before noon. And so I think that's one of, the, one of the signs for me of a good day that it hasn't even ended yet. And I've already accomplished a lot. I feel good. And um, it sort of feeds into a lot of other things, not just uh, with how I feel, but also with the things I've accomplished for life, for work, for my family. And I think that's basically what a good day is. For neutral to a bad day, it's more of, I don't remember it. It's the type of day where I didn't accomplish the things on my to-do list. Or it's, basically, it's one of those days that you tend to forget. I think if it's a day that you can easily forget, it's probably not a good day. Yeah, right. and it's the type that when you look back on it, you don't even remember it anymore. There's nothing significant or there's nothing to sort of um, set it apart from all the other days. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. And maybe, yeah, I think it, you know, it's almost a good starting point is to take almost a perfect day and then just think backwards. So for example, on, on my perfect day, usually what I will do is at the beginning of each day or ideally the day before, I have determined the, the most important things I want to have happen that day. Sort of the, the, the critical list of outcomes. 
And if those are, if those are done, that's like a really good, that, that gets a lot of points. At the same time, it also means for me generally, like on an, on an ideal day, I will have gotten all of the stuff done I want to get done. I will also have gotten all of the stuff done in not just work-related fields, but I will have had a workout most likely. I will have, have slept eight hours or you know seven at least to feel refreshed and also um, just make sure that the next day goes goes well. I'll have eaten clean. I'll have done some reading or some mental engaging stuff outside of what I'm, I'm directly focused on. On the flip side, I will have not engaged in certain activities. So the time that goes into things that I don't really want to spend a lot of time in is low on, on, on really good days. And then you can basically take that and just flip it around. And, and if it's the opposite of that, then that's a bad day. So on a bad day, I, it could be any number of things. I woke up overslept, although that's, that's usually just a, that usually feeds into having a good or bad day. It's not necessarily like I could still have a day that I consider to be extremely good and I just didn't get a lot of sleep that day. And so those are not, it's not necessarily the a thing that will ultimately determine having a good day or a bad day. But yeah, if I set out some daily outcomes and I didn't get them any, get any or all of them done, if I didn't at least have some physical ability, if my nutrition wasn't clean, wasn't furthering my goal of, of, of being in, in a good, you know, being healthy long-term. Um, if I didn't get any cognitive engagement of high quality and if too much of my time went into categories that I think are, you know, not beneficial, then that is generally what I consider a bad day. That's, I think that's a good starting point for us to have the conversation of, okay, now, now that we've established of like, what is a good and bad day? What are the predictors? Like what, what will the day, for example, what will yesterday look like or the end of yesterday that then leads into having a good, really good tomorrow? And uh, yeah, maybe we, we start with that. So if you want it, if you're like, okay, tomorrow, I want to have the absolutely best day that I can. What steps can you take today to make sure that that happens? How do you structure today to prepare yourself in the best manner for the best day tomorrow? Um, that's a very interesting question. So when I was thinking about it, actually, how I would structure a really good day or quite possibly one of the best days, I was thinking about it and I realized for me to be able to even come up or for me to create the environment specific to having a really good day or the best day, there were so many things that had to happen for me, for me to be able to figure that out. First, it's figuring out how that will happen. So hmm. over the last few years, I had time in, on my hands and I was able to um, sort of chart uh, the effects of different stimulants on my body. And that requires also a certain level of awareness of its effects on me. So I would chart how if I had too much caffeine that day, if I worked out too hard that day, or if I just did like a light workout, if I ate enough vegetables that day, like there were so many things. I was sort of nerdy at that point. I was trying to figure out all of these different things. 
from caffeine to the type and amount of the exercise that I was doing, the sleep and the quality of my sleep, the length of it, if, um, if I was able to plan for the next day, if like there were just so many things that I wanted to chart because I wanted to see how these different things affected each and every one because they all all kind of tie in together. So for a while I was looking at all of these things and I started to see patterns with if I had too much caffeine until a certain hour. So sometimes I thought it was until five and I would be fine. But recently I realized that three o'clock is probably my cutoff for caffeine and I would have a better night's sleep. So it's it's a constant adjustment for me actually. And being able to constantly check in with my body and with myself to be able to figure out what would create the best possible day for myself. So I tend to look at these things so one is like the food that I'm eating I have to make sure that the food I eat actually preps me for my workout the next day so if it's gonna be like a heavy lifting day I have to make sure I eat enough protein the night before and maybe some carbs just for energy and I want to I can't eat that much that heavy also for dinner because I want to be able to sleep properly. I can't eat too much protein and carbs also during dinner because I want to be able to sleep better. No sugar also towards the towards the evening because that keeps me awake. It's just like a bunch of these little things. It's actually a lot of detail, but I no I take that into consideration how I want to how I want to set up for the day. So that's food first. And then I also think of um, the list of things that I need to do for tomorrow. So it depends on the amount of things and the intensity of the tasks that I have. Because like I said, I tend to front load a lot of the work. So it depends on how I structure my day, what I'm going to be doing the night before, or if I know I need to really wake up early, then then the time it's not, it's also the timing of when I do it. So I just need to really structure the day before. It sounds really strange now that I say it. What, what do you mean by uh, you front load a lot of the work? Yeah, because I I still in the back of my head that's there that I need to make sure that well not make sure actually it's just that I enjoy being able to accomplish more than half if not most of my tasks in the morning. I've also okay. noticed this about me because I'm not so sure what it's called, but I know people have, have dips in energy during the day. Sure, so, yeah. Right? So I know that I'm primed to do my best work usually in the mornings and then my energy really dips towards the afternoon and then it goes back up at night. So before I go to bed, I sometimes do a little bit of work and then I can go to sleep. But so, and that's why Make the most out of my mornings. So I put most of my tasks there and try to accomplish everything in the morning so that if the afternoon, if the if my energy dip is extends longer than I would like, at least I've done most of it already in the morning and I feel like I more or less had a good day. So timing of things and just making sure that everything is sort of aligned. It's like all the stars have to be aligned for, for me to have a good day now that I think about it. Can you, uh, very specific, like, give me an example, really, really good day. When do you wake up? 
by what time do you work? For how long do you work? When is your workout? When do you have lunch? When do you, you know, take a break? When do you shut down in the evening? By what time are you in bed? What does the ebb and flow of an optimal day look like for you? Okay, ideal day would be I the day before I'm in bed and asleep before 10. And then I'm up at about 6 the next day. 5.30, 6. Like, my body starts waking up around 5.30 to 6 because I think I need about 7 and a half for some reason seven and a half and my body starts to wake up naturally that's a thing also for me i want my body to wake up naturally so i tend to just use like a soft alarm my watch vibrates so that i don't get jolted awake because that's also not a good day for me so i use a soft alarm and my body can naturally wake up i'd prefer that so i tend to wake up around 5 30 to 6 and then i usually my morning routine so i take i drink water I write or I read, so it really depends. Sometimes I do both. And then I work out like around 7, 7.30. I like working out in the morning because I have more energy for the rest of the day. Like the workout in the morning prolongs my energy during a good day. So I tend to work out around 7, 7.30 for an hour. And then I do, once I'm done with that, I start my day. So I do coffee, breakfast, prep, and I start working probably around 9, 9.15. And then end up working as long as I can. And then sometimes I just through lunch. And around maybe 2, 2.30, my energy starts to go down. And then 5, I my, for some reason, psychologically, I know I start to wind down. So from 5 onwards, I, I just figure out the tasks that I can still accomplish because dinner for us is pretty early. So we usually have dinner around 6.37. And then by 7.38, I'm preparing for bed because I set aside around two hours for just um, setting up for the next day and doing any last work that I can accomplish and then doing some reading. And yeah, and then that's probably it. And then I'm asleep by 10. And then that's that's sort of like an ideal day for me. But basically, it's that. During that window, when you feel like you the afternoon energy dip, do you then take actively take a break when you feel your energy dipping, or you just work through it at a lower energy level? How do you deal with that? So during the afternoons, I tend to do work that is not super demanding or sometimes if it's really necessary I put time for doing errands or reading that would actually support work so anything around that that's that's what I tend to do during the afternoon sometimes I'll take a break if it's absolutely necessary if it's like a hard workout day or sometimes I also take a walk so that sort of helps me and then so just wait for it to go back up later on basically that's it do you ever nap I nap rarely, only if absolutely necessary. I tend to just sleep at night, but that's it. Okay, that makes sense. I think naps are a great thing, but um, probably also comes from most of the days when, for whatever reason, I didn't get enough sleep. And ideally, you get enough sleep and then you don't have to do that. It's, it's interesting with the, you know, the realization that having a good tomorrow really starts today. And because very often, too often, I might 
I might sell out tomorrow because I don't feel like I accomplished the quantity of things that I wanted to do. So I stay up a little bit too late. And, you know, just us talking about this, uh, you know, it reinforces the realization that this is actually another winning strategy because it starts a vicious cycle of not having the ideal shutdown today that leads to the ideal performance tomorrow, which then again leads to not being able to shut down early enough in the evening and so on. For me, definitely starts also. So let's say I want to make sure that tomorrow I can hit the ground running. It absolutely starts with how I structure the second half or specifically the end of the last day. One of the most predicting things, and you said, it's interesting, you, you said you, you know, over the last couple of years, we were sort of trying to find the correlations between different things that you were doing. For example, like, you know, caffeine usage or kind of meals and what and meal timing and meal quality to things like sleep and how that again affects your, 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 your next day. There are actually some interesting platforms now that help you with these correlations. You can, for example, hit a checkbox every single time you do journaling or you do meditation or um, you have caffeine, maybe even the time. And then ideally see those correlations show up in, okay, every time I had caffeine after 5 p.m., my sleep quality drops below this number, you know, if you're using a, a kind of a sleep tracker. Or the next day, I only have four really high-quality work cycles and then the rest is, isn't as good. Uh, this is definitely something where there will be more stuff coming out. And I'm really trying to see what the data will eventually show. But for me, it's, um, I think, on the, in the best scenario is around... 8.30, I kind of switch from a, an actual work mode into a shutdown and um, planning the next day mode. So I'll go over what I didn't get done. If there is anything, I'll look at how the next day, anything that any type of appointments, any type of meetings, anything that's already pre-scheduled, I'll, I'll take a look at that. And then I'll roughly, I'm already try to map out what will that day look like in terms of what do I want to have happen and at what time, sort of planning out all of the different blocks of work and assigning them roughly into a time slot that day. And um, then, you know, shutting down, usually end up maybe around 9, 30, 10, latest until 11 in bed with a book, reading a couple of pages. There's almost nothing that, that will get me sleepy at that point faster than, than reading in bed no phone no electronics i use an apple watch as an alarm and ideally after some time it, it entrains so for the most part i wake up five to ten minutes before my alarm if it's a regular thing I, and then i just turn it off the day off this i realized a while ago that it's and we we can talk about this later you said it's for you it's quite important to how the first how much you get done in the first couple of hours of your day and you want to have gotten a lot of this stuff done it's also interesting let's say you didn't get a good start into the day can you turn it around is it possible for you to at 12 say oh, this day isn't going well but then by eight o'clock in the evening say hey this was actually a pretty good day because i managed to to make up the time this is 
interesting question because this actually happens for me quite regularly. I will not have an ideal start, but I can still evaluate the day as having been good. You know, so I, I start the day. There are definitely some predictors of what generally will lead to the day going well. One of is if I actually, so if I create context early. So one of the things I use for that is is like you do as well, journaling. So I, I wake up. I, at the moment, I take a cold shower. After that, I try to sit down on, on, a, on a desk with just a like a journal. And I start writing and in writing, planning out the day, sort of going over the plan that I had made the day before, just seeing if this still makes sense, if this still like roughly holds up. There are, however, some clear anti-predictors for me. Not sure if this is the right term, but basically there are things that if I do them, they're almost certainly going to lead to me not having a good day. And that is very often when I start the day with anything that's reactive. So for example, looking at email too early uh, usually doesn't lead to a good outcome. There really is no point for me to look at email early. There won't be anything in there that really urgently needs to be addressed before noon. That's just, it's not the nature of, of the work I'm doing. So the only thing that could happen is that something that, appears to be urgent, but isn't, then takes my attention, my immediate attention, instead of me going to the work that I actually set out to do, that usually is something that actually is going to move the needle forward. Then, um, you know, I'm also not completely immune to behaviors like being on websites that are sort of productive in the right circumstances, but can also be a huge time drain in the wrong circumstances. I think the most egregious offender there for me is is youtube because i get a lot of information from from there so i don't want to categorically block it because then i you know don't have access to those resources but uh, they, they have to be managed they have to be in the right context at the right time these days i have mostly just eliminated them so usually at around six in the morning a lot of blocks on a lot of devices will just automatically go on. So basically the first half of my day, none of that stuff is actually available. So I start the day, all of the stuff that typically would take attention away are just not accessible. So, so these days, then I will do morning planning, morning review, really look at my, at my, at my work, structure it. And then mostly how the first five hours of the day of the day or so go will be a very good predictor of how the second half of the day goes. So if I got the first couple hours in the day tight, then the rest of the day will go as well. Like once you've built up momentum by one o'clock, it's, it's hard to derail that momentum. And then, yeah, once that is done, it's also interesting because if you have, or if I have a strong morning, it makes it so much easier to then shut down in the evening, which also means really like it's a case against selling out on a regular day. Like if it's just a Wednesday and there isn't really a absolutely critical reason to not shut down early, I should be shutting down early because that then finally stops this vicious cycle. Like then it means you're actually ending on time your, you have time to do a proper debrief, proper planning in the evening. You get the right amount of sleep, which absolutely is a predictor if I'm sleep deprived. It's very hard to have a full eight, 10 hour workday the next day. 
if you if you only gotten five hours of sleep the day before and um yeah that's 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 roughly what it looks like it's really these keystone things here are the evening review the day before getting very clear about that having a shutdown ritual that helps you to sort of close the books on that day then starting the day in a non-reactive context building manner with some journaling like looking over my plans like creating that insight of what i'm working on why i'm working on it why it's important to me getting really i'm creating a bit of mental momentum and motivation then starting the day in an in an unreactive uh, deep work kind of way getting some really good work done early then the day is on rails will usually keep going well until the evening and then again moving into a effective shutdown a routine like that is an ideal day somewhere in there is also getting a workout in but that, that usually also happens like if productivity is there then it's also just easier to execute on all of the other things that i want to get done so i don't know if i had a if i had a productive day that also usually includes a workout and if i had a day that i didn't get as much done in terms of work the chance that i also didn't get a workout in the day is also just much higher not sure if that is the same for you it seems we have different you work out early i got rid of that because i had a time when i would try i would work out in the morning but i was doing these I was doing this thing called high intensity strength training and very often it would just absolutely wreck me and I would basically come home from the gym in the morning and, and just like sleep for another hour or two because I was so exhausted and then I stopped doing that because I would interfere with actually getting yeah getting work done so the the workouts would interfere with with you know productivity which I don't like so I moved them into the evening okay I think for me it functions differently because I don't do a workout probably that's that intense. So it gives me a lot of energy for the day. So that's probably why I prefer doing it in the morning because if I do it at night I might not fall asleep. Yeah. But yeah. If you could only pick maybe one supporting habit, what would you pick? All of all of the things that you're doing just specifically about having like a productive day. What is the most predictive of you having a a strong day? Is it something you do the day before? Is it something you do the morning off? Is it the workout? Is it nutrition? Is it planning? Like which which one of those sort of auxiliary supporting things? If you could only pick one, would you pick? Only one? Gosh. Um I was thinking it would vary depending on age. <laughs> But at this point maybe sleep i think the quality of my sleep the night before heavily affects how i function the next day i think it's that so if you didn't plan the day before but you got a good night's sleep and you didn't look at your plans necessarily maybe the day off you would still think that just like by you being well rested you would do your best work yeah i think yeah. so i think for me just assuming that i Um, am well rested i think the one thing that is yeah. the biggest indicator of me having a, a a strong day is my morning planning ritual if i do that really properly if i take the time if i'm not rushing it so let's say i sometimes <laughs> it happens maybe i have a meeting eight o'clock in the morning 
in there and I wake up at 7.30 and it just only leaves me 15 mm-hmm. minutes, 10 minutes to to start. And then the day is just in motion and and I'm, you know, going from meeting to meeting. And I'm not taking, I didn't take that planning ritual seriously. That very often isn't a good, that's not good. So I'd much rather have really have like an hour where like at least half an hour of that is dedicated to clearing my mind, getting all of my thoughts out of my head onto paper, looking at them, moving them around of, of where they need to be and really giving my day that structure, being able to prioritize what I'm working on. Because there's usually more to work on that you like the available options are usually more than what you could be realistically doing. So you need some time to, I need some time to prioritize uh, what I'm working on and for what reason and in which order. And then I usually have the best chance of actually getting the most amount of work done. So that would be my number one thing. Um, Okay. I think, uh, yeah, I think this, this is interesting. I think I learned some things about myself or at least, you know, when you talk about something, it reinforces as you talk about it, you're like, I know how important it is, but there's still like, you know, three out of seven days. I'm not doing it, even though I just said I would. And so I'll take that as as another reason to, for example, tonight, not sell out on when I go to bed, even if I haven't gotten done what I want to get done to make okay. sure that the next day actually happens really on time and um, and uh, as close to the optimal uh, level as possible. And uh, yeah, thank you, Andy, for indulging me and having this conversation with me. Thanks, Chris. Dear listener, thank you for listening. And as always, be well. <laughs>